Church. That's what I'm talking about right there. A bunch of people that are happy to be in the house of the Lord. That's what I'm talking about. There you go. Hey, so is everybody in here have access to the Church Center app? It's this little white box right there with a house in it. I hope everybody has that because that is so convenient. And I am anti-app, but this is awesome. I cannot get lost in this app. It is so easy. All right. So uh, we got a couple things going on. Cozy Basket Raffle. Say that five times really fast. Tickets are $3 each or two for $5. They're available at the uh, Train Christian Academy display out here. Or if you talk to, uh, I was going to say Jeff's wife, but I thought no, because I'm Nikki's husband all the time, so I understand how it goes. Anyway, if you guys will talk to Dana, she'll get you hooked up or go out there to the display. Then also on December 10th at 6 p.m. in the student ministry building, we're going to have Unto Us a Child is Born. It's a dinner with an entree, which I think you get chicken or pork, and you get a salad vegetable, dessert, and a drink. Plus, you get to listen to the beautiful voice of Josiah Mullins, which I have not heard it yet, but I understand that you sing like a bird, man. Everybody told me to go on YouTube, and I just haven't done it yet. But I'm excited to hear what you have. And so it's uh, $25 for a person or $45 for couples. Now, this money goes to missions, so it's a good way for you to to put into the mission field and get food and good entertainment out of it and still have a piece to play there. That's pretty awesome. All right, and then don't forget that the special year of the end Christmas offering uh, for missions, maintenance, and uh, margin that you can give any time, but we're going to have a special time on December 25th at 10 o'clock in the morning. It'll be the normal time. It's on a Sunday. Um, where it's going to be a short service. It'll be praise service and communion, and then go home and be with your families. So uh, don't forget that on Sunday 25th, and that will be uh, a time to give your year of the end, uh, end of the year giving. My tongue is tangled tonight. All right, and then I already mentioned the church bulletin. So now, how many time, or how many are you excited to uh, move into our time of offering? Come on. How many are you ready to get offering? There you go. That's praising God with our offering. I love it. I had barbecue tonight, so I'm just really kind of, I'm dragging, man. I tell you, I'm trying so hard, but I feel like I'm just fixing to go, whoa, and just, you know, I'm holding it in. It's all staying down there. All right. So, you know, here at, uh, here at Lake Church, I meant burp. I didn't mean like vomit or anything, I guess. See, in my mind, I have these conversations, and it just, I, sometimes I forget part of it, you know? All right, so there are many ways to give here at Lake Church. You can do online at the church, uh, lake-church.com. Just go to the giving tab there. Um, you can also, if you're online, you can just hit the giving tab if you're, if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube. And then also, you can go to that amazing app that I was telling you about. Just click on there. You set up the giving tab, and it's real super easy. Or you can text to give, which I was not a fan of that, and that is super easy also. So we make it easy to give your money into the kingdom of God. And how many of you know that it's our opportunity to give to the kingdom of God? 
I mean, he really doesn't need our money. It's not about that. It's about giving us an opportunity to have a piece of the kingdom and to give to his monetary system. I mean, you know, the, the world's monetary system, the world always takes what God does and perverts it. And so the world monetary system is perverted, but God's is pure. So you give, and it is given unto you. In the world you give, and they take more. So I don't know about you, but I want to give into the kingdom. So let's, uh, let's be excited about that. So if you guys have your uh, offerings ready, whether you give on your phone or you got an envelope or whatever you want to do, you can also do an envelope and drop it in the bucket back there on your way out. So if you guys have your uh, offerings, let's pray over it and be blessed because we've got some good word coming this, morning, or this, uh, this evening from Mr. Sam Hager. All right. Father, I just glorify you and I praise you because you are the King of kings and Lord of lords. You are my Alpha and my Omega. You are I am. You are everything that I need. You are my supplier. Father God, as we give this offering unto you and the the tithes unto you, Lord, we just pray that you bless each and every giver, Lord, that you multiply that into their lives so they can continue to give and be a bigger giver every time. And I just give you the praise and you the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Mr. Sam Hager. Good evening, Lake Church. It's good to see each and every single one of you. Thank you, Pastor Greg, for letting me come up here once again. And uh, thank you, Pastor Kevin, for reaching out and connecting all the, the dots and making this all happen. So I've got a couple books that I want to give away. I had a chance to write this book. It's called His Word is Our Confession. It's about knowing the word of God. Yeah. <laughs> well, hold, hold, hold on. Just hold, hold on a second. I, I do appreciate that. That's awesome. It's called, it's called His Word is Our Confession. It's about knowing and confessing the word of God. Because that has the power to change your life. And it has the power to change your families' lives, and it has the power to change your friends' lives. Confess the word of God. On the cover, I've got some clouds, and we have a, a picture of these clouds. They're called mamantis clouds, which is interesting. But I saw these late April 2020, and maybe a lot of you saw these because I took this picture in Sand Springs over my house. It was in a time when we just, I mean, you, you guys lived through it. It was chaotic. Fear was trying to be pushed everywhere. And the lockdowns were just starting and, and the, the scandemic was just starting and all this. And I saw these clouds and they were beautiful. They were gorgeous. And it reminded me that God is a good artist. And when I looked up into the clouds, I saw hope. Not that the clouds gave me hope, but the one who designed those clouds gave me hope. And I knew that it was going to work out. That whatever chaotic system the world was falling into was not the system I had to abide by. It's not the one I had to live as a subject to. I saw hope. And that's why I wanted to make sure that it was on the cover of this book. Let me, let me read something. It's from chapter 6.
This chapter title is His Word is Settled. And you know what? I'm just going to read some verses and I'll just explain some of the concepts and not just read what I wrote. But here we go out of Isaiah. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. It's Isaiah 55, 10 and 11. So there's a couple of things about that, but at the very beginning, God equates his word to the rain and the snow. He talks about the rain and the snow coming down to accomplish something. It waters the earth. And then the the seeds that are planted in the earth have a chance to grow because that water is supplying them with what they need. God's word is like that. It comes down from heaven. He doesn't want to just hear an echo with nothing attached to it. He's, He's accomplishing something. But what I noticed here, which I guess I had not seen previously, was the snow aspect. Because we understand in the spring, when the rain comes down, it's great. Like my wife and I, we we planted a garden for the first time this year and we had the okra growing and we had the tomato plants didn't do so good. I think we started pretty late. But when it would rain, it would be awesome because I wouldn't have to take the garden hose out there and water it myself. I was like, yes, rain. I appreciate that. But when the snow comes, you're not necessarily thinking about it growing anything, right? Because it seems like everything is suspended in time. You have a blanket of snow and you're not thinking, I'm gonna plant something right now and it's gonna grow. When the trees drop the acorns and the different things that they drop in the fall, you know, it has a chance to burrow into the ground and it takes time but it'll, 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 it'll get into the ground. That snow has a process in that. The snow waters the earth. And the reason I bring this out is because God wants me to remind you that spring is coming. You may have been in a season where it just seemed like everything was suspended in time and the snow covered your territory and you, you just didn't see beyond where you were at. And it just seemed like the promises of God were being held up. And there is that hope deferred makes the heart sick. But God doesn't want your hope to be deferred. He wants your hope to continue to be in him. Because spring is coming. And in the springtime, what I've noticed is things that were planted from the fall, they start to grow up and then you can plant a seed and it can grow up really quickly. So now you can have seeds from past seasons growing at the same time new seeds are growing. You hear what I'm saying? God wanted me to remind you, spring is coming. Praise God. Now on this book, uh, Linda Cravens was my proofreader. So she helps me sound smart. She's like my wife, I'm surrounded by 
people who help me sound smarter than I really am. So I, I appreciate that. Uh, unless there is a typo in here, then you can just you know, blame it on me because I was the last person to proofread it. Uh, but I do want to say thank you, Linda, for proofreading this. Who would like a copy of this? I saw your hand go up. Here you go, sir. And I don't want to throw this really far away. I, what's that? Well, I saw his hand first. You got, you got an arm wrestle with this guy? I'm going to give it back to Here you go. Be blessed. You're very, oh, sorry. Just toss it at you. Oh, God is good. Second thing I want to talk about is I want to talk about this, this orphanage in Uganda. Uh, God had a chance to send me to Africa a couple times. And when he did, he sent me as a dad. He specifically told me, I want you to carry the heart of a father. And so when I look at, when I look at kids, like what you see in this picture, I, there, there's something greater than just some kids somewhere. These are world changers. And uh, now I have not personally been to Uganda yet, but I've, my wife and I have been connected to this ministry for a couple of years. This guy, Sam Kay, he's a pastor was an orphan himself, did not know his biological parents. He, he grew up, he had a, it's kind of an interesting story. He had a chance to pick his own birth date since nobody knew what his birth date was. He, I think he picked like the first day of the year, which is, um, which is great. But Pastor Sam Kay leads a church and he oversees an orphanage of 116 kids. Now, uh, this is the real deal. This is his Facebook picture right now. So if you grab your phone and you send him a friend request, you could say that Sam Hager sent, sent you. But I would encourage you to, to be his friend. Uh, and yeah, he, he needs support. He needs money. But you could, you could check him out and you could vet him out. You could see what's going on and not just take my word for it. But this is the real deal. When, when my wife and I have given into this ministry, it is almost instantaneous that God repays us. The Bible says that when you're generous to the poor, you're actually lending to the Lord and he will repay you. And I've proven it to be true. Uh, there's another picture. Could you take us to the other picture here? There's the, um, yeah, the church website is gracechristianfellowshipchurchuganda.com. That is a resource you can go to, check out what they're doing. You see these kids, they can eat on about a dollar per kid per day. So for $116, everybody can eat, which is fantastic. There, there's a joy in knowing that you're helping people eat who wouldn't normally eat. I would like to see it where they're eating on like $3 a day and they're eating better than just crushed cornmeal or whatever. But, you know, they're trying to... It's, it's just so much poverty. It's, it's hard where they're at. So I would encourage you to support them. I've talked to Pastor Greg and Pastor Greg said, if you would like, you could uh, donate into this church and the church here at Lake Church would, would collect that and send that over there. Or you could go directly to them and you could, you could support them by going directly to the church. But I would encourage you to, to consider that. And at the very least, be, become Pastor Sam Kay's friend because he could use some encouragement. He's a, he's a good man. And, and I want to say, Pastor Sam Kay, God wants me to let you know that help is coming. 
And, and for you kids, I, I want you to know that you're world changers. God has not forgotten you. He will not forget you. He is encouraging people to give towards you. He puts himself where you're at. And I know you've cried many tears, but he holds those tears in a bottle and he's gonna make something beautiful out of it. He's made you fearful and wonderful and you're a world changer. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, please go with me to the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter three. Exodus chapter three, starting verse one. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. God got Moses' attention. He did it with a miraculous sign. There was a bush that was on fire, but it wasn't being consumed. It wasn't being burnt up. It wasn't turning into ash. It wasn't wilting. It's pretty amazing if you think about it. And I think I would have been like Moses. I'd be like, I shall turn and see this sight. <laughs> I think I would have gone up to I think I would have been curious myself too. I think a lot of us, God knows how to get your attention. God is smarter than we think he is. God's really smart. And, and he never stops. So God got the attention of Moses and then he gives Moses direction. He gave him an assignment. And of course, we understand, we know the story of the, of the Exodus event, the historical event that happened. It was about six months ago, I was sitting over here, and I looked and I saw fire in these aisles, fire in these aisles, and it was a holy fire. It was not a prophetic thing like the church is going to burn down. It wasn't like, oh, you know, no. It was the holy fire of God in, the, in these aisles. And God let me see that. And I had a chance to tell Pastor Greg about it. And uh, I think that was encouraging. And that was about six months ago. So, you know, th there, was, th there has been a, a shifting in the atmosphere. And God has orchestrated events. You're not here by accident. And... I'm not here by accident. I believe that here in a moment, God is wanting to invite certain people to turn aside and step into that fire. It's a holy fire that doesn't hurt you, but helps you. And, and I'll, give a, I'll give an invitation for that here in a couple of minutes for us who would want to, to step out into the Iowa, not to come down to be prayed for necessarily, but to have some like one-on-one -on -one time with God in the fire. 
a holy fire. So for the first person I would say that I would invite, it's not a blanket invitation just for everybody. It's, it's for those of you who really need direction, that guidance from God. And I understand we all need direction, but some of us have already received our assignment and we're, we're on it. And so this may not be for you and that's okay. Because it's not just a blanket, you know, everybody who wants to be loved, you know, come out. I mean, it's not a one size fits all. It's, it's a specific. Like you came in here needing something from God, needing direction specifically, guidance. Like you've, you've got some choices to make and you're not exactly sure which choices to make. Like you, that may be you right now. And that's for that divine guidance. That's, that's who I'm asking for here in a, in a few moments uh, to step out in the, in the aisles where the fire of God is. Now the fire came with you. I'm not saying, it's not a gimmick. This is not a, a thing like that. I mean, the Holy Spirit's with his people. But sometimes like we know, God will use very simple things to express something greater, right? Just like a seed looks very simple. When the tree grows up, it's way different than the way the seed looked to begin with, right? So I, I believe God is wanting to do something, something special. Praise God. And there's going to be another, another type of person. But let's look at Hebrews 12. I do want to look at Hebrews 12 real fast. The very last verse of Hebrews 12. For our God is a consuming fire. For our God is a consuming fire. God has identified himself in certain ways. I understand the sentiment, God is everything, when we say something like that. Generally, we mean that he's everything to us. He means so much to us. He's significant. Uh, scripturally, though, he's not everything. Like, like Pastor has talked about, he, the creator is distinct from his creation, right? He's holy. He's worthy. He's magnificent. He has identified himself in certain ways. He is referred to as light. He's not referred to as darkness. You, you hear what I'm saying? And God is not, I mean, like, we don't worship this. Right? We don't worship stuff. So God has identified himself as fire. I've never heard him identify himself as ice. You hear what I'm saying? So we, we need to be biblically minded when we're thinking about who God is. What does he say about himself? If we'll agree with God on who he says he is, it's going to help us to agree with him when we hear him talk about who we are. Because our identity can't be what we make it to be. We can't choose our own identity, just like we can't choose his identity. He's revealed it. You hear what I'm saying? God is a fire. God is a consuming fire. And I think it's like this consuming where it's surrounding this bush, but it's not burning it up. It's not hurting it. God wants to empower you. Praise God. If we can go back to Exodus chapter 14. 
God has guidance for you. You may have been longing for something from God, just some kind of direction. God has it for you. And you may have came here thinking, I'm going to go at the end to be prayed for, and you still can. But God preemptively is saying, I, I can give you direction before that. God, God knew you'd be here. All right, so in Hebrew, uh, sorry, Exodus 14, 13, let's, let's start in verse 13. And Moses said to the people, fear not. Should, should I give a little, I, I should probably explain this a little bit, huh? This is when the people of God had come out of Egypt. And I want you to know that God is greater than your Egypt. God is greater than the Egypt that we're living in. And so they were coming out of Egypt and the Pharaoh and the army changed their mind and they wanted them back. And so they started to advance on the people of God. And so they're by the Red Sea. They didn't know the party of the Red Sea was about to happen. They saw an impossible situation and people coming to kill them. You know, that's what they saw, right? And, and, and what, what did Moses say? Fear not, stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you and you have only to be silent. The second type of person I would invite into these aisles here in a few moments, and I'm going to, have, I'm going to ask everybody to, to, to stand here in a, minute, in a minute, but for those who would want to step out into the aisles for just a couple minutes to just kind of have this special meeting with, with God, and, and of course, if you're still in the seats, that's fine. You could be praying and, and worshiping God there too, but it's for protection. The second type of person, you either need divine direction or you need divine protection. And I'm talking about the whole of you. I'm talking about spiritually, I'm talking about mentally, and I'm talking about physically, or one, one of those. You need protection because maybe the psyops are getting to you. Maybe the, the mental torment at work or some manipulative person is getting on your nerves in a, in a very strong way. And it's just that you're, you're mental. Uh, you're not mental. There's mental issues going on because people are attacking you. They're gaslighting you. They're trying to say that something is real when it's not or something is not real when it is. And they're, they're, they're trying to control you. God doesn't want that. God doesn't, God's not trying to have other people control you. That's not how he designs life to work. So the other part of that would be physically. If you need physical protection, God can actually keep you safer than the Second Amendment can keep you safer, can keep you safe. That's why I need proofreaders. God can help you stay safe and protected. And then spiritually, you don't want to be deceived. You don't want to follow the wrong teachings, or you don't want to be swayed in the wind. You want to be stable on the rock of Jesus, right? So that is the two types of people. If, if everybody, would you stand with me? Everybody stand, and we're going to take a time, and we have some music that's going to be playing here, and it's just going to play for a couple minutes, just for a little short time, and if you're in the seats, you can stay there. 
And it's, it's different, I know, but the fire is here. So if you're looking for divine direction or divine protection, then I'm going to invite you to the aisles. Praise God. Hallelujah. Give God praise. Do you remember what he's done for you? Raise your expectations. God has visions for you. God has dreams for you tonight, this night, tonight when you go to sleep. God has dreams for you. Hallelujah. God, I thank you that your fire is burning in and through your people and around. And God, we thank you. We thank you. Hallelujah. Give him praise, somebody. Give him praise. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Well, you guys could go to your seats if you would like to. See how I'm going to do this here. Okay, so this is not disclosure, so I'm not going to draw an eyeball in this. <laughs> How many of you know, have you heard of the concept of fire triangle? You know what fire is what composed of? Okay, so 
So somebody let me know. What, you need three things for fire. This is a general thing, but three things for fire. What, what, what are, what's one of the three? Oxygen? I heard that. Oxygen. What I hear, ignition source. So we'll, we'll call that heat. Fuel, hey, we'll put fuel down here. It really doesn't matter which part you put it at. All right, so that is the fire triangle. You need those three things to be present for fire, oxygen, heat, and fuel. You know, you can get into napalm. You can get into some other chemical reactions, but this is generally speaking, and I'm not into trick questions. I mean, this is, this is the fire triangle. This is what you need for fire. Now, this is naturally speaking, but God has a way, God has a way of using natural things to show you spiritual truths, right? There are things that run parallel and he wants you to see those things. If you would go to Hebrews chapter 10, there's something I want you to see. Something that God was showing me. Hebrews chapter 10, we're going to look in verse 5. Consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired but a body have you prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sin offerings, you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, behold, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. So we, we get to hear a little bit of a conversation between God the Son and God the Father. And, and Jesus is talking to the Father. And it's just interesting that God's desire wasn't for the burnt offerings. You know, God's desire is for us to be living sacrifices. And I believe it's the type of living sacrifice where we, we are on fire, but we're not being burnt up. We're not being consumed. We are continually on fire with the spirit of God, with the power of God. God is a consuming fire. He wants to live in you. And if you think about the Holy Spirit coming upon you, he wants to surround you. You're in Christ. And Jesus was talking about coming to do the will of the father. The Bible says that the willing and obedient will eat the good of the land. Now we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So none of us here have been perfectly willing. We haven't always agreed with God. We've wanted to do our own thing. We've been stubborn at times. And, and we've all disobeyed in some area. Even if we wanted to do it, we didn't do it. The things we wanted to do, we didn't do. The things we didn't want to do, we did anyway. And Jesus was perfectly willing 
He said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. He was obedient all the way to death. And so he carries the flame of God. He's this sacrifice that died for us. And Jesus, of course, we know he was raised from the dead. But I'm telling you something, there is a holy fire of God that wants to come upon you. God wants his fire to be upon you. Let's look in Acts chapter two. Acts chapter two, very familiar. Well, very familiar in this church. I've been to some other churches where I think they highlight it with a black Sharpie, but. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Some people think he just talked gibberish. No, the Holy Spirit of God gives you the words to say. He doesn't force you to say them, but he gives you the words to say, and then you speak them out. And so we see, I see the fire triangle. I see fire here. There's a sound of a rushing mighty wind. You know, when you're a survivalist and you're out there, you're trying to rub those sticks together, what are you doing? You got the friction, it's the heat. And then you got little kindling, you know, and then you blow on it. And, you know, you get a little, you get a little spark or something on the little, the, the hay and, so, and you're, you're, you're trying to create fire. And then when the fire comes and you could add more fuel to it and there's oxygen that's around and it can grow and build. We understand these things. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, this happened. And it said that a tongue of fire rested over each of them. When I burn stuff, because, you know, we live out in the country, so it's, it's kind of fun to burn some of your own trash, right? I mean, we have a trash service, but sometimes I just like to burn stuff anyway. And my son really likes to burn stuff. It's like, if I need anything destroyed, he's my 16-year-old, he's the, he's the go-to guy. So, but what I've noticed is when you're burning something, uh, there, there's normally over what you're burning, that's where you see the flame, Are you, are you, are you? Yeah, yeah, you're getting that. So when you're on fire, let me put it like this. A candle, a candle has the wax and there's the wick that's coming out. And sometimes when you're looking at the wick, it doesn't necessarily look like it's on fire, but you see the evidence of the fire because of the flame that's over it. You hear what I'm saying? These people were set ablaze with the fire of God. Praise God. Praise God. God wants you to be on fire. And he doesn't want that fire to go out because it's not a fire that you have to maintain. It's not a fire that you bring the heat. No, God is a consuming fire. What, what, what do we read? God is the fire. He, he, he refers to himself like that. In Hebrews, it refers to him as that, whoever the writer of Hebrews is, you know? And then the fuel, you know, Jesus, to me, is the fuel. His body, he, he, 
he, he, God manifests himself into the flesh. So what was invisible could become visible so that he could show us the invisible. And while we're in Christ, we're the fuel. We're, we're the body of Christ. We're supposed to be on fire. And, and fire can come in many different ways. Like you don't have to be loud and boisterous all the time. Do you realize you could be an older grandmother and you could pierce through the darkness in your grandkids' lives? Like I'm talking your prayers are not meaningless. Your prayers are not meaningless. I mean, the, the spiritual world is terrified of you because you're on fire, because you have the fire of God. And see, the kingdom of darkness doesn't like the fire, but they can't extinguish it. Fire overpowers the darkness. Light overcomes the darkness. God is referred to as light in, I mean, in different areas, but I'm thinking of first John chapter one says, God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So there's another thing. God doesn't refer to himself as darkness. Now there's Eastern philosophy that'll say there's a little bit of darkness in every light and a little bit of light in every darkness, but yeah, nope. That's the answer for that. My Bible says something differently and I trust God's word. I trust the one who saved my soul. I trust the one who rescued me out of drug addiction. I trust the one who helped me when I could not help myself. I trust the one who forgave me from all my pride and arrogance. I trust him. I don't trust any other philosophies. I don't trust, and God is real. He's not like a set of dogma and, and rules and regulations. And you know, these words aren't just words on a page. This stuff is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It can help you distinguish what is spiritual and what isn't, what is carnal, what is fleshly, and what is spiritually minded. You can't get that any other way. Praise God. Oh, yeah, I skipped, I skipped something. So I've got this quote by Smith Wigglesworth. So I gotta pull my phone out for this. We've got some pictures of this, I believe, maybe. And if not, I'll just read it. All right, so this was from, ah, look at that. Let me go over here. This was from in the 1920s, I believe. This is from a long, this is about a hundred years ago. This was about a hundred years ago, but listen to this. This is from a, a speech he did, a flame of fire. Shall we read the first chapter of Hebrews? It is full of holy vision. The word that I have for you this morning is in the seventh verse. And of the angels, he saith, who maketh his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. His ministers are to be flames of fire. This means so much for us this morning. Can we go to the next picture? Cause I know it continues to read. 
His ministers are to be flames of fire. This means so much for us. I read that, didn't I? It seems to me that no man with a vision, especially a vision by the Spirit's power, can read that wonderful verse, that divine truth, without being kindled to such a flame of fire for his Lord that it seems as if it would burn up everything that would interfere with his progress. A flame of fire, a perpetual fire, a constant fire, a consistent burning, a holy inward flame, which is exactly which God's son was in the world manifesting for us all. I can see this, that God has nothing less for us than to be flames. Context is king. The Bible is referring to angels being flames of fire. But as we're ministering, we minister. And God wants us to minister with fire. You don't have to be loud. You don't have to be crazy. You don't have to be, you can be. And, and sometimes it's going to motivate you to be. But sometimes the very simplest things can change somebody's life. Being open to hear a word from God on the behalf of somebody else could change their destiny. Seriously. God put on my wife's heart years ago to buy this woman a Mountain Dew out of the vending machine. One little thing can change somebody's life forever. You know, somebody who wasn't very appreciated or, you know, she was weird and, and she was gothic or whatever and you had, you know, dead birds in her car. It's just weird stuff. And yet God was reaching out to her because God actually hates some things. He loves the people and he hates those things that are destroying the people's lives. So praise God. Here in a moment, I'm going to invite us back into the aisles again. And it's for two reasons. For, for one, it's, it's like a consecration, right? It's God, I need you to burn some things out of my life because they, they shouldn't be there, right? And I mean, that's, that's personal. That's, I mean, this is not confession time. You're not coming up to me to tell me. Um, but then the second is God wants to invite us into the aisle for empowerment, dunamis power. And, and many of us have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but you know, it's like God wants you to be continually filled, filled and then, and then filled and filled and filled and filled. He wants you to burn because maybe years ago, you, you really had this passion and, and, and revelation and, and things were, were going in a, in a great way. And then it was just like, it, I mean, life, life hits us all. And, and the redundancy and, 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 and problems, and then you thought it was gonna be this way, but it got broken. Our you know, relationships got strained and you know, life hits us all. So God is inviting us to be empowered. And of course, if you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, this would be a great time to receive that. God, he did that for them in the book of Acts, just like the sound of a rushing mighty wind filled the whole place and then fire rested over their heads. So he can do that. And if you have received that already, God still wants to empower you because what happened 
six months ago or eight years ago or 10 years ago isn't necessarily what is going to help you tomorrow. Like it, it, it does, it will. I'm not saying it, I'm not trying to diminish anything. I'm just saying God has fresh fire for you. Just like we understand that when we get into his words, sometimes we get those fresh ramas, those fresh revelations. God has fresh fire for you. You hear what I'm saying? Praise God. This is good stuff. So here in a moment, the two types of people I would ask to join me in the aisle is, are, are these people, you, you want to just, God, I need you to burn some things out of my life. You know, I mean, like, there's, there's little specks of things. Like, God wants to refine you, to make you beautiful, right? Because silver and gold normally has defects and things in it. And, and then that refining fire, it, it doesn't, it, it takes away what is actually hurting you. And you, as I'm talking, you might know of what I'm talking about. There are certain places you go, there's certain things you watch, there's certain things you do, there's certain, and it's like, you, you need help. And, and I'm, I'm saying God, six months ago, was showing me fire in these aisles a month ago was, was having, you know, Pastor Kevin call me to schedule to, to speak here or, or text me or whatever he did, messenger, I don't, I don't remember. But what I'm saying is there has been a process to even get you here and then and for me here to say this, right? So my point is God actually has something for you. Like I'm not just saying random words. It's not a gimmick. It's not a trick. It's the fire of God, the fire of God. So praise God. And if you want to roast like a marshmallow at the altar, you can. I, I've, I was having a Bible study with, with Jeff on, on Messenger with some other guys. I remember one time we, we got through at that Bible study and I think it was the next day, I was just on my floor roasting in the fire of God. I mean, so praise God. So I'm going to invite people to, to come out into the aisles. If you want, to, you want to consecrate yourself to God or you want that fresh empowerment from God. So let's go ahead and let's, let's play that music. And if you're still in your seats, that's fine. Just worship God. Make sure you make room for anybody who would like to come out. We're going to spend a couple minutes in the fire of God.
Who, who sees something? Who, who sees something? Somebody sees something. Who is that? Is that you? What, what, what do you see? mighty whirlwind of fire. Wow. Wow. Where we're at here? Praise God. The fire of God is here, people. It's only by the grace of God I can even stand up. Well, who, who heard something? Who, who heard something? A word. A word. What, what'd you hear? God's the oxygen, Holy Spirit's the heat, and Jesus is the fuel. praise you. We worship you. We magnify you. You have hidden these things from those who think they're wise and you reveal them to your children. God, you're awesome. God, you're awesome. God, you're awesome. Give a praise, somebody. God, you're awesome. God, you're awesome. You are magnificent. So I believe God has given you dreams. He's given you visions. He's given you words. He's given you guidance. He's given you protection. He's giving you a consecrated heart. And he is empowering you. You realize that God loves you. He's not withholding anything from you. He wants you to come into the throne room of grace boldly boldly. It's not arrogantly, but you realize you have a right to be there. This isn't back when Esther was there and she didn't know if she could go to the king or she'd be killed. No, no. The king of kings died for you and God raised him from the dead. The debt has been paid for. You are going to be able to stand before an almighty judge and be declared perfectly innocent because of the blood of Jesus. Lord. Praise God. If you're, if you're here or you're watching online and you have never received the Lord Jesus Christ, I want you to understand Jesus loves you. He died on the cross for you. He was paying for all of your sins. Every mistake that you've ever done, 
He loves you that much. He cares about you so much that he would trade all of heaven to come to this earth, to show us the way, to be the way, and then to take our place. He actually took our place on the cross because we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We deserve to die, but he stepped in to take it. That is good news. He took your place while going to the cross. When you see pictures of him on the cross, it's not just some kind of fancy thing that happened or some kind of a, you know, a necklace thing. The cross was Jesus dying in your place, but then he was raised from the dead and he is victorious. He wants you to be victorious. Those sins, those mistakes, those habits, they don't have to control you anymore. God has freedom for you. God has joy for you. God loves you. You can have a relationship with him. He makes it so easy. Religion tries to make it hard. Religion says you have to do works. You have to do things to earn his love. No, God loved you first. And he proved it by sending his son. If you'll receive the son of God, you will become a child of God. If you receive the Lord Jesus, you'll have the father. Because when you have the son, you have the father also. If you would like to receive the son of God, then pray with me and, and pray with all of us here. If you would, would you pray this out loud? God, I need you. I believe in your son, Jesus. I receive your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. The Bible says, as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. Now you have every right to enter into the throne room of grace. You have every right to talk to God and he will definitely listen to you. And I wanna make sure online, especially you have a chance to get a free digital copy of this book. It's the first book I wrote, it's called His Blood is Our Confession. And this is about the blood of Jesus. You need to know this stuff. So you can contact the church, Lake Church, and you get a free digital copy of something, we, a PDF that's sent into the email. And th this will be a blessing to you, absolutely free, 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 free. This will help you understand more about the decision you just made in Christ. Praise God. Praise God. Wow. Well, that's it. That's all I got. God bless you guys.